0: everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Rap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we begin a brand new week of WWE as the road to WrestleMania continues. We are about five weeks away from the biggest show of the year going down on Saturday, April 1st, and Sunday, April 2nd, going down live from the SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. And by my side, as always, as we break down the week that was in WWE is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the not so rapidly improving Von Wagner according to Mr. Stone but I'm sure his client has other things to say about that or his advocate depending which role you pick I bring to you as always this week I believe Salty Scott Young is in the house welcome back Salty
1: thank you Keela as always it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you yeah I'm salty you know It's just it is what it is. It wasn't a for me personally. It wasn't a great week as far as in ring action WWE. So yeah, I'm a little salty. I'm I'm left feeling a little disappointed. And we're gonna it's just we got bad fathers on TV. Like what are we doing WWE? Let's let's just be better about who we're presenting on TV. You know, we'll get to that. But you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a little salty.
0: I will admit I'm a little cranky too. This was not the best week for wrestling across the board. I'm not going to lie about that. I was kind of bored through some matches on NXT especially which were very shortly, but we're going to highlight some good stuff as well which is always a lot of fun and shade terrible fathers such as one Ray Mysterio, because even I can't defend his actions this past Friday on SmackDown. But joining us this week, as always, is a third chair, a third person joining us, was here earlier this month, a member of the Fight Game Media family, and someone who has witnessed the bet of the year that went so wrong for me a couple of weeks ago right here on the show. But he's back once again to referee a peaceful battle between myself and Scott. I bring to you as always, Jeremy Feinstone. Welcome back, Jeremy.
2: You know, behind the scenes, I felt a lot of humility, a lot of humility among among the, uh, the peers that I was surrounded with. And I'm not going to say who really had that humbleness, but I could definitely feel a vibe of, you know, like let's not cause too many ripples. Let's not cause too many problems. We saw where the smoke went <laughs> to. There were fires in our houses. Uh, we don't. We don't need that kind of thing this this time around. This is. Uh, we are. We are slowly treading through the thirty hour road to WrestleMania of WWE programming. So right now we've got our what five through ten monumental stuff on the build. Definitely stuff that we uh can't wait to cover. Can't wait to cover this peaceful, moderate atmosphere of of humility that we have going on tonight.
0: Humility, you say. Humility. For how long is the question? (laughs) Humbleness. You know, I love your optimism that we can stay humble on this show. I'm just glad I didn't make a bet this week because I would have lost big time. (laughs) So we called a truce. You hear the laughter from one maniacal Scott Young, a new nickname I have for him (laughs) that I just made up because his Lakers just stomped. On my Warriors on Thursday as we resumed NBA play. And he's thrilled about that because their trade deadline worked wonderfully for them as they are still in 13th place. But you know, you go in a couple of games in a row. You're gonna be in the top ten very soon. They're 28 and 32, five and five in their last 10 on a two-game winning streak. As for my Warriors, we're thirty and thirty, five hundred. We had Clay drop 12 threes on Friday, winning streak of one, four and six in their last 10. And the home stretch is on, but it's so competitive really from shit, four through 13. It is really tight. You win five in a row. You're in the top six, Scott.
1: Listen, you know, Jeremy, you call it humility. I call it mercy. Um, (laughs) You know, we, we saw what happened when we made the bet. Anyone who followed the social media's, they saw what happened. They saw the 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 reaction, the outrage, the the scared the scared Twitter followers from the GH spaces. Shout out to the GH spaces, right? Is that right, Keila? Shout out to them because they were all freaking out. So you know, I was like, let me let me take it easy because <laughs> I know what it is now. I've seen this Lakers team. LeBron was like five for twenty, and we won by thirty. You know, let that sink in. D'Angelo Russell got hurt. He didn't even play the whole second half. Listen. We made good moves. I don't want to get too excited. The play-in is absolutely happening. Now it's just a matter of how high we're going to climb. Really happy with what we're doing. And shout out to Clay, man. Shout out to my light-skinned brother, Clay. The only light-skinned guy I like on that team.
0: Perky. You know, you know... I knew this one last. Herky. Jeremy talked about humility and respect and a truce. And this dude comes at me to my, I showed her mercy. <laughs> the audacity. He he, honestly,
2: he didn't even come out with the gunk and the holster. They were already out when he came. Like, yes. gunk were blazing out the <laughs> out the door. <laughs> you never had a chance. I'm so sorry. Never had a
0: chance. He, Yosemite sammed my ass on the air. And I feel attacked right now. He did not let up, not one time. He boasted about LeBron's average numbers. At least he played in this game. So he's credited (laughs) for the victory. Unlike (laughs) the last time, he was trying to attribute a victory with zero points on the board because he was riding the bench. But fine, you take the W, I'll accept it. My G.H. peeps, then I have to witness any Miz love or LeBron love for two weeks in a row. So I'm very thankful about that. My timeline was cleansed. So I appreciate you showing mercy upon me.
1: Hey, listen, listen, you are my captain, oh, captain. You know, I'm not going to, I don't want to hurt anyone. You know, I don't want to hurt anyone. I just, I just want to make sure we know that LeBron is, is that guy on or off the court. Long as he's in the building, he makes a difference.
0: We're not going to do that <laughs> in the building. And, he, and And let's not forget, here's another fun stat. Oh, from man. thursday because i watched the game and i was embarrassed before the mm-hmm. game was even over lebron left the court just went <laughs> to the back <laughs> he was done like well we won i'm out My work okay. here, done. i
2: didn't do anything didn't i though
1: <laughs> the dude said i ain't shaking nobody's stuff ain't out there i ain't shaking nobody's hand i'll see Adrian. Hey, Draymond. i'll see you later dude i'll see you on uh i'll see you on the shop on the next barbershop episode
0: That man pieced out with 30 seconds left on the clock. (laughs) But you want to count. He's in the building. So therefore. Aura won the
2: game. That's amazing.
0: It really did. And he's trying to attribute, if you're in the building, it counts. I know it doesn't. No, you have to actually go out there and shoot your shots, even though he went on Thursday, but they still won. Congratulations. Thank you. You're in the race, and this is the last compliment I'll give on this show because I am so over this. I How long before one shook. of
2: these teams uh, raises a WrestleMania belt at the NBA Finals? What do we got, you?
1: you might be asking a lot <laughs> for either one of these teams to be raising that belt. Listen, I, I'm optimistic about the Lakers making the playoffs and maybe even getting to the second round, but let's
0: take it easy now. Easy. I oh, just even wondering. Even doing uh, that right, Jeremy, to go on that limb.
2: I mean, I was just trying to find a good segue about talking about title belts. That's just what I, what I was going with on that one. But we can keep talking about basketball.
0: Oh, no, we're good. We're, we're realists here. <laughs> the Warriors and Lakers are not carrying WWE championship gold on the parade float anytime soon. Listen,
2: when baseball happens, I will, I will have hot takes for days. But basketball, that is a forte for the two captains of the rap.
0: Thank you, Jeremy. At least you keep it real, despite you starting shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> got, a, got a nice big old wooden spoon and a nice big old pot to stir in it.
0: Just stirred it up real good. I love you for that. That's why you're here to cause trouble on this show for us. And you did a great job because I just got blasted by my co-captain and he had a smile on his face the entire time. But I'm back. I'm live. We're here to recap the so so week that was in WWE. There was good, there was bad, there was some what the hell, but we're going to break it down for you right now with Monday Night Raw, the follow up to Elimination Chamber from Montreal, Quebec, Canada at the Bell Center, the site of Sami Zayn's biggest moment ever facing Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. He fell short, so he's going to take the tour to Ottawa and he gets a Huge reception. The fans absolutely love him. Sami Zayn is still a ratings draw for the record. So any doubt about whether he's going to falter after losing to Roman Reigns, the numbers say otherwise. He's doing pretty damn good as one of these stars on WWE television. And he feels very guilty about not winning the championship at Elimination Chamber and the fans are not going to let him beat himself up over this. They're going to pull for him, support him and love him. And Sammy says there's a bigger picture to all of this. Despite me not winning the championship, my goal in life is to destroy the bloodline brick by brick. And I cannot do it alone. I need someone to have my back throughout all of this. So he calls out his good old friend, Kevin Owens, to have that conversation. And KO comes out to a great perception as well. And Sami Zayn kind of owns up to, you know what? Maybe you were right. I made some mistakes. I did some things that were very uncharacteristic of myself. And I apologize, but we are stronger together. You try to fight the bloodline by yourself. I did the same and we fell short. So if we work together, we might be able to pull this off. And Kevin Owens is not here for the apology saying, I did not save you for you. I did your family a favor because look what happened to me at the Royal Rumble. I was beat up. And my family had to watch it from home and you stood there and let it happen for the majority of it. And I didn't want that fate for your wife, for your kids or your family. So I thought to myself, well, the least I can do is get you out of this. That does not mean we're cool. We're kosher because too much damage has been done. And besides, if Sami Zayn wants to destroy the bloodline, he can hit up his brother Jay Uso and the fans ooh at that. And KO leaves the scene, and Sami Zayn's kind of heartbroken about this reconciliation not going so well. And as Sami Zayn is bidding the fans adieu. We get the most random beatdown courtesy of Baron Corbin, but it's not so random because Baron Corbin is the last person to pin Roman Reigns three years ago when we had that dog food, dog mascot thing on SmackDown during the early days on Fox. Lame-ass feud, that was. And we had an impromptu match, and Sami Zayn sold for the majority. Everybody came through in the end by rocking Baron Corbin with a huluva kick for the one, two, three. The fans still love Sami Zayn, and I do love the slow burn storyline of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn working through their shit just in time for WrestleMania. It's a matter of how we get there week to week on WWE television with about a month to spare Scott.
1: Yeah, this is a story that WWE likes to do two, three times a year. As far as the tag partners who don't, you know, have history, don't like each other and, you know, we gotta we gotta get through the bumps to get to that final that final big, you know, fist bump where they come together or the big hug where they come together and they they challenge as a team. We got it with R. K. Bro. Um, you know, we've seen this with the with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. That's a, a very it's a very similar story to me, or at least that's kind of the same beats I feel like we're gonna take, you because know, there's so much damage there and they have to get over it. And I think it's the Jey Uso line is very important because Jay is the key to all of this. And we're going to circle back to it when we get to SmackDown. But Jay Uso is the key to to, to everything that's going to happen, to every every beat that's going to come from this story. It's going to be off of Jay Uso. What's going to bring KO and Sammy together is Jay Uso, either turning on them or Sammy realizing, listen, you know, KO, if I got to show you I'm I'm with you, I'll take Jay out. Like it's some Jey Uso is going to be the key to this story. Um, so I, I like the promo. I like that KO is not with them. It is kind of odd that the guy who turns on Sammy all the time is the one that's like, "Nah, what what, what are we doing? Like, this is toxic. Like, what are we, seriously, what are we doing?" But that's that's he's Jey Uso is the key to all of this at the end of the day, anyway. So
0: absolutely, and we would get that on Friday night SmackDown, and we'll get it most likely next Friday with the Tribal Chief back in the house. But Jeremy, your take on Sami, Zayn, and Kevin Owens taking the long way home towards reconciliation.
2: This was so patently obvious that they were going to drag out this reunion between them uh, because they have a journey to get to WrestleMania. Jimmy and Jay have a journey to get to WrestleMania. They will intersect, but steps need to be taken um, over the next six weeks between Raw and SmackDown. I will say, though, ever since Sami Zayn got his old music back, that song has been earwormed in my head, just kind of playing here or there. It's just, it's such a great song. And it just reminds me of the fact that at some point, this dude was the underdog from the underground. And having him with this iteration of Kevin Owens, which is kind of like, almost an Omega level Kevin Owens, all the, all the growth that he's had. And it's just like, I'm kind of too good for you right now, Sammy. Uh, Show me you're on my level and show me that like emotionally as like a person, this isn't something that's going to break my heart because I know I've broken your heart that many times. Like Kevin Owens doesn't want to get hurt. And at the end of the day, as tough and as angry as a wrestler that he is, it's all to protect the fact that, you know, the things that he cares about, he cares about deeply. So there, there's a lot of levels to this. There's a lot of years in the making of all this. And uh, I I got to ask you guys, uh, on this show, were you in the camp that Sammy should have won this, the match against Roman?
1: Man, I, I must say no, just because I... I, I think you, you stick. You had a game plan. I think you stick with the game plan. And I think the fact that the fans haven't turned on Cody already, and they are firmly behind him, shows that they're 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 on the right path. You, it's you you elevating the the. You're having another big match with Sammy not winning. Like you can, I think you've seen that you can go back to Sammy at any point in time. So no, I, I think I don't I don't think they made the wrong decision. I just. The only thing in the back of my mind is you've had two lightning in a bottle opportunities with during this Roman reign to have historic moments. One with Drew McIntyre and now with Sami Zayn. That's the only thing in the back of my mind. But I still say, no, they made the right decision.
2: Keel, what about you? I don't remember what you said on the uh, on the post show for the Elimination Chamber.
0: I'm very mixed on it, honestly speaking, because, like Scott said, you have opportunities here to make two stars in Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre in their hometowns, essentially. And it did not happen. And I know that WWE has a larger vision for Roman Reigns against Cody Rhodes of WrestleMania, and they're staying the course with that. And the fans in the arena are not revolting. they're not saying we want Sammy during Cody promos they're very receptive to both guys but i think in the case of Sammy Zayn, the bloodline storyline in in some ways is an umbrella storyline and that it's just not about him it's about the usos it's about solo mm-hmm. and ultimately it's about roman cuz you're trying to tear this faction down bit by bit ultimately from the inside and sammy's a catalyst for that in a lot of ways so in that aspect it's a great story that you can have sammy away from the championship picture but you're also having this inner turmoil between the usos and their cousin at the same time because you're waiting for that moment at wrestlemania if they lose the titles of ko and sammy is that the moment jay and jimmy wake up to say we're done and i think that will be the bigger selling point as well besides sammy having his wrestlemania moment so i've been thinking about this
2: and i i've been thinking about Cody talking to Sammy, and he's like, I don't want to see you next Monday. I want to see you at WrestleMania. What if they win the titles on some at different aspect, but Cody wins at night two at the very end, and then there's some kind of schmog issue here or there, and then Sammy and Kevin. Come out to help clear the ring, and it's all three of them having dispatched what's left of the bloodline, and then the end of WrestleMania this year is all three of them, much like it was Benoit and Eddie Guerrero at the end of WrestleMania 20. I think
1: there's a good chance of that happening. I think, uh, I think I also think there's a good chance that them closing night one. And we get the big then we get that moment of them having a big hug with the tag titles. They can do the confetti dropping down. So, yeah, I think that in some way, shape or form, we're getting that 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 type of moment with Sammy and KO at the end of the night. But your idea is not bad either, because then you have all three of your champions, you know, presented front and center right there. So that, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to that either.
2: I definitely want to see Charlotte and Rhea main eventing the other one if Rhea is going to win. Like, Rhea needs uh, a coronation. But we'll get to that.
0: Agreed. I definitely see that as well. But at the same time, the hotter... Match up to me at this point is Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. That'll be the great way to wrap up the show. KO main eventing back to back WrestleManias. Sammy in his first, and they celebrate the confetti. They hug. It's beautiful. Then night two, you get whatever's up the bloodline, dis- dispatched or dismantled. And you have think about this tag team titles main eventing night one and being shared in the same spotlight as a Universal Champion at the end of night two. You got more pyro and knowing Cody Rhodes is it's, it's going to be about ten million dollars or the pyro going off is going to be a great wrestlemania moment and that'll be the way to cap off an unforgettable weekend so i can see that visual as well this is a long game by wwe i'm sure they did not expect sammy to get this over because let's not forget they sold out elimination chamber before the storyline really blew up in the last two or three months so it was really happenstance that it all kind of worked out the way it did at the end of the day
2: yeah, I uh, I feel like Triple H has got one shot to do with WrestleMania. Like, feasibly speaking, there's no guarantee he's got this job next year with everything up in the air. And he's had his long-term plans, and he has stuck to his long-term plans because he will be held accountable and criticized and critically like looked after what he did for this WrestleMania. And if he can't sit there and say, I did the best card that I I could possibly do then I deserve the criticism. Now, I mean, that's personally how I feel. Uh, if I were to do it, it's like I'm going to ignore the haters. I'm going to ignore what people are telling me I should do. I've been doing this for NXT takeovers. I've been ready for this job my entire life. This is my one shot to do it. Fuck you all. I'm doing it my way. And that's kind of how I feel about the WrestleMania booking this year.
0: He's steadfast. He has not budged at all this is vision this is this might be his only shot at this and we'll see how it goes I appreciate the long-term vision months ahead of schedule to have things locked in and this is a big test for him to see if this really comes to fruition but we see ticket sales we see tv ratings they haven't fallen off cliff after Elimination Chamber. So that's encouraging news. So we'll see how it goes the closer we get to WrestleMania. And speaking of Cody Rhodes, we have another promo exchange between himself and Paul Heyman. I will say this was on the lower end of what they did a couple of weeks ago, which was outstanding because I wasn't buying Paul Heyman's argument about Cody and the road life, the struggles of being on the road as champion, the promo, the press, the separation from your family. Oh, how can you do it, Cody? Your dad was at home but also away a lot of the time when he was home he really wasn't at home according to your brother so are you really prepared for that life Cody that grind of not being around your family of you doing press to carry that mantle for WWE Roman Reigns does it all the time he's a family man he hasn't strayed away from his wife he's faithful and I can't say the same for myself because I would stray and like are you implying that you would have an affair and and crash Cody's marriage, like, Paul, okay, choices, and Cody had to sit there and kind of take the promo, and he warned Paul, like, I don't want to see you anymore. Stop sitting in the sky to the show, sending messages by Roman through Paul, like, no, I'm not here for that anymore. He reminds him, this is personal. I'm with the championships at WrestleMania. It was all right, but my thought process is Cody Rhodes has a tour bus, and last I checked, the Nightmare Express can hold Pharaoh, the little dog Pinkerton. I know their names, uh, Liberty and Brandy. So I think That's when it's impressive. time for a road trip, like,
1: again, that, you know, that that was really impressive.
2: <laughs> that is impressive. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Tip of the cap to you on that one.
0: Thank you so much. Listen, I know Mrs. Dogs' n- names by heart, so I make it work somehow. So I have thought a bus. That was
2: research against your enemy, Scott. <laughs> I mean, I get you've done like uh, op- opponent research on that, but just pulling out Cody's dog name out of nowhere—I'm like an RKO of, of podcasting. You
0: know,
1: I didn't even know he had dogs.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute, you know he, about Pharaoh? You, you, you have to know about, right.
1: know about Pharaoh. I know about Pharaoh. I didn't know about the other and two.
0: And they're and they're they're a no, no little
2: rug rat one. I didn't know there were two more. I I have four with shockers.
1: I do know about but, Pharaoh. You're right about Pharaoh,
0: though.
2: I, I, I totally interrupted. <laughs> I apologize. I just, God damn, Kiela, that was impressive.
0: You know, I, I thank you for that. Pinkerton is a little fuzzball. He's real cute. Pharaoh. That's his name. Shit, I didn't name him. Thought didn't name the damn hey, dog. probably like the out.
2: He's,
0: <laughs> he's a little, little, little pom, pom mix, I think. So he's in the family. got Pharaoh you got Liberty the baby Brandy so like I said they're on the road on this bus so I don't think there's gonna be any family separation when Cody becomes champion they about their road life legit and ask for Miz and my intel on him I love his dogs more so than I love the Miz that's why I know (laughs) about the dogs what's up pumpkin rest in peace mocha you know rest up love respect more so than I have for your owner but I digress (laughs) on all of that I can't help but take my shot On The Miz, I'm relentless like that. But, Jeremy, your take on this segment for Monday Night Raw involving Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes having discussions about that road life that's not so much a struggle in 2023.
2: There, There are two things that I wanted to touch on on this one, and this was not the strongest work between either one of them. And it felt like they were passing the time in order to let other big angles have their moment this week. And they know that they have something hot and they have, you know, Paul Heyman is planning this angle. He's working with Roman. He's working with Cody. The amount of years in the wrestling business between those three people themselves and what they could come up with. I'm pretty confident, but you know, this week wasn't the week to uh, unload, unload the chambers in in the gun and, uh, and fire the bullets that they need to, 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 really get people going. You know, this was uh, the Sammy James kind of week. There were uh, a couple other people that they were really just focusing on. You know, Rhonda and Shayna kind of got a little bit of life. Becky and Lita kind of had their uh, heat up going on with uh, Bailey and Damage Control. So, I get it. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Brandy was at the cookout. But I feel like we're gonna see Brandy uh, showing up from a cookout to set Paul straight at some point soon, and I don't know if people are happy or sad about that. But uh, it's been a while, Brandy Rose. She she might be a fun little fit on a WWE Raw kind of set people straight. I don't think I, I don't think I would mind that at all, actually. So you know, give me some Brandy. Let's do this.
0: So are you trying to manifest that Brandy yeah. Rose? Yeah. is going to appear on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown and tell Paul Heyman, who in the hell told you this was, this was open mic night?
2: 100%. Pull the heels off as she's walking with a microphone in hand, right, right out the side of the, uh, the stage. 100%. Let's do this. Let, 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 uh, let's leave the cookout and uh, get to business.
0: I kind of like that vision just because I need it. For guilty pleasure purposes. Scott, do you see that vision of Brandy possibly showing up to stand by her man and read Paul Heyman on the mic and your thoughts on this segment that was just okay this week?
1: So, a couple things. First off, on the whole Brandy Rose thing, hell no. Nah. I do not want Brandy Rose on the TV, man. I don't know what you're manifesting over here, but I don't want no parts of it. All right. but but then again, I think like God, it'd be so bad. It'd be great TV. It'd be great. About. It'd be it'd be great TV. It'd be so bad. But do you know man, how many just, people
2: would talk about it?
1: Oh my God, <laughs> it would <laughs> it would be everywhere. But I'm just I'm thinking back to when she came out. Who took? Oh my God, it was so. All right, you know what I I. Maybe I'm on board with it. I, I, I am yeah, a fan of th- three
2: for three. I am a
1: fan of chaos. I am a fan of chaos. I just God, I don't want Brandy on my screen. Um
2: just a mania angle, man. She doesn't have to be there all the time.
1: Just <laughs> come right, on true in for mania,
2: corner her at corner her man at Mania. Everything's great. You know Listen, she's cornering you, him at Mania. You know what? She does have I'm, all the big magic.
1: I'm cool if she comes in, she does her little thing on the mic, you know, she gets her oohs and ahs and, you know, and then Roman Reigns goes full on Randy Orton back in the day and spears her. I, I, I want, I want that. I want that type of level of violence. Let's up the Annie. I'm talking that Randy Orton Triple H level build, you know, where, where we got Cody Rhodes handcuff and Randy Orton's slithering around and he gives her an unconscious Brandi Rhodes a kiss. I want,
2: I want I that level. I'm going to escalate this a little bit. They just mentioned that Roman Reigns humiliated Kevin Owens in front of his wife. They made a point to escalate Roman talking shit in front of Sammy Reigns' wife.
0: So mm, if I like this. They are
2: not going to <laughs> lean in hard on Roman Reigns doing some shit with Brandy Rogues. I think that we are wrong on that case.
1: I am I'm here for that because now that that's an interesting interaction. To me, that's way more interesting than Paul Heyman, because it's like, what are you gonna say to Roman and how is he gonna react to that? Cause that see that I like that. That's an interaction I I would look forward to.
2: I wasn't sure if we were gonna get Brandy at Mania, but now I'm kind of like Brandy has to be at Mania.
0: We're bringing up family too much. And for all of Brandy's flaws in a lot of ways in terms of presentation, she can cut a really good promo. She will get spicy on Roman Reigns and she will make the crowd go ooh and awe at what she says. And like Scott said, let's get a little spicy. Let's up the ante. Let's make it personal. Let's have him spear Brandy and Cody's handcuffed, and there's nothing he can do about it. And the bloodline is more vicious than ever because he's coming from an angle of everybody's gunning for me. I got Sammy, KO, Cody. I got to be relentless on this island of revelancy. I got to do what I got to do to maintain my power here. And what better way than to go after Brandy physically? if it came to that and it would be a shocking moment but it would be something to elevate this feud even more cuz you need a jumping start to really get this feud on another level between now and WrestleMania
1: you know if this was any other company besides WWE Dustin Rhodes would also be showing up it's in some way shape or form mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. we're not we're not that fortunate enough to have them on cuz man there's so many layers and stuff you could really do if you could it Dustin Rose would be a fun addition to this too and all that, you know, but you can't get can't get everything you want.
0: We could get Teal, we can get the sister. Yeah. She talks yeah. shit too. She's spicy. She and her Brandy got into it rose to the top, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> she can go in and have those moments as well. So you have some family representation of Destin cannot be there for obvious reasons. So I'm here for that as well. And I saw she was liking some tweets of mine a couple of weeks ago. She's on the timeline. Her brother mm. heading into WrestleMania season.
1: I mm. thought she was about to say she was re uh like in a GH a G A space. I was about to say, Okay,
2: Keila
0: <laughs> No. <laughs> Purely WWE, but she was on the timeline checking for me. I'm like, oh, guys, no, see that's right.
2: Teal. Adjacent interest. Ooh.
0: Yes. I said, okay. Don't need to get till on the show. Talk about your brother. Mm-hmm. I sent the DMs one day, but that was pretty cool. But that was a good promo a couple of weeks ago. This one, not so much. But it's going to get better if we bring Brandy in, as Scott has been converted into being a Brandy believer this well, week. I'm so proud no, of him. No, that's, that's,
1: that's, <laughs> take it easy now. It's not going crazy. <laughs> I'm a fan of chaos. I don't believe in anything. <laughs> I'm absolutely a fan of the chaos, though.
0: Beautiful chaos at that. So Jeremy is start. giving us a germ of get an idea. <laughs> He's planted the seed. We're going to watch it grow. And we're going to come back here and talk about it. Maybe in two or three weeks that Brandy showed up and she made Scott a believer. I'll stand by that.
2: We'll see. I literally did not realize that idea of the angle until I talked it out with you guys. That came out of nowhere. But I was just like, oh, oh, there it is. Okay. The angle.
0: And it makes perfect sense. See what workshopping does on this show in real time. Real time workshopping is the best. And that was a great idea. And I wanna see it now. As we segue to our main event of Monday Night Raw from this past Monday, it was Awesome Theory, the reigning, defending US champion versus Edge. And this match was all right. It was a lot of rest holds from Austin Theory to Edge. I was kind of like, it was all right. The fans kind of in and out for this match. Edge was great, as always, pulling out his panted offense, the execution, the DDT, the monkey flip stand. Come on, dude. Like, you're 49 years old, still putting in that work impressively so. And he had the match won at one point until Finn Balor shows up and he distracts Edge. But he has a schoolboy on Austin Theory. And then we have Finn Balor deliver a kick to Edge and then... Theory lands A-Town down on Edge to retain the U.S. championship. And Finn Balor ends the show by delivering the shotgun, the sling blade, the shotgun dropkick. And not one, not two, but three coup de gras to Edge as their feud must continue heading into the heart of WrestleMania season. This was a solid main event, but I... Want Austin Theory to be booked a bit better as U.S. champion. I like his promos a lot. He talks a shit, believably so. But his matches, I'm tired of the squeakers. I'm tired of him winning by default. I want this guy to kind of be booked strongly as a champion that I can believe in. I'm starting to see the vision, but the in-ring aspects still need some work. And if he is facing off against John Cena at WrestleMania, he's really got to deliver that money promo against one of the best to ever do it. Because once again, John Cena is going to be on Monday Night Raw in a couple of weeks in Boston, Massachusetts. He moved about 2,000 tickets upon his announcement for that show, which is crazy. So he is still one of the few legit money movers and ticket movers for WWE. And this is Theory's biggest test of date. I just want better booking for him as champion because these victories at Elimination Chamber and on Monday Night Raw was not it for me, Scott.
1: Yeah, I um the the match was solid and I just I'm not a fan of, you know where this kind of you know, what we're what we're gonna end up doing with there. It seems like we're going theory seeing up for the US title, but I does this match need the US title? And if it and if you're not gonna do it for the title, I don't know why you're having this match anyway. So I don't know. This whole thing just seems kind of weird. I I was on kind of on board with the whole Edge versus Cena thing cuz I I just it's fascinating to me that one of the best feuds of in WWE of the 21st century. Let's just keep it 100. One of their best feuds they've done was Edge versus Cena and they never had a, a WrestleMania match. All the countless matches they've had over the years great last man standing matches uh beating each other in each other's hometowns for the wwe title i mean they've done countless things i've never had a mania match i thought it would have been a, a perfect send-off but you know i i don't know what they're doing i i'm a big theory fan i think he still brings a lot i think they're doing a good job rehabilitating him i mean look at what he's done in the la- his last few years. he's a money in the bank winner he's won an elimination chamber uh he's gone almost he's gone for about an hour in the Royal Rumble. So he's he's done a lot. He just hasn't had that marquee victory. And I guess that's what they're going to try to give him with this John Cena one at WrestleMania.
0: That is a very big test for him. We'll see if he passes at the biggest show of the year. But Jeremy, you're taking the main event in the presentation of Austin Theory as the champion in the ring. But as I said, the promos are pretty good. But the in ring aspect in terms of being booked strongly as champion has definitely been a choice as of late.
2: You know, I I was just thinking about what Scott was saying, and it's like, man, the amount of opportunities that they have handed on a silver platter to Austin Theory, uh, even from money in the bank, and they realized that money in the bank wasn't going to work the way they wanted to do it, and they've rehabilitated him, and they have given him win after win after win to establish some level of credibility even though he is not there yet as a wrestler to be someone at the main event level I watched this match, I heard a lot of people clowning Edge for his grit uh, his gritty promo uh, style and it's there and his haircut is growing out so everything is just kind of in, in a fugue state with Edge as he transition from his badass return look to I am edge and I am getting ready for WrestleMania. And it just they were they were setting stuff up, but it was just kind of boring in a way. I it felt boring. Like I'm not I'm not compelled by any of this stuff. It just feels like the buy the numbers formula to get where they need to be. So like Balor, months ago, took out Edge with a chair and got rid of him. Why didn't he just do it again this time? Because they have a WrestleMania match. Okay, sure, whatever. But it's just like, you were there, but you didn't really kind of think it through to the point of like, well, these things are escalating, but you've already escalated the feud to the point where you nearly crippled him. Why wouldn't he try to cripple him again? Clearly, you gotta you gotta go even further next time, not not less. So I don't know. Maybe we're getting Edge versus Demon Bower, and that that's finally gonna be the blow off at Mania. But if that's the case, Bower should win because Demon Bower shouldn't be losing. But that's here nor there as for austin theory yeah cena cena's gonna give him the rub and we're gonna move on with the next thing with austin theory it's not the most exciting direction that i'm looking forward to post raw but it does seem like a pretty obvious direction and the investment in austin theory continues to grow before we see what dividends we get out of that
0: Absolutely. And that's going to be a very interesting fallout for WrestleMania because I'm assuming Theory beats John Cena. That'd be the biggest win of his career so far. And he's got to go up from there. If not, I don't know what to say. Better yet, you have to have a performance against Cena at WrestleMania. If not, I'm looking at you too. Like, okay, are you the next guy up? Do you have next in WWE? We'll find out in about a month heading into WrestleMania. But I also have to call out Edge, who I adore. I respect a lot, but I still need him to find some leave-in conditioner for his hair because it's still dry.
1: No, no. That's the leave-in crazy. conditioner is the problem with his hair because he's leaving too much in his hair. And that's why it's all falling out. <laughs> that's the problem, Keela. He got too much leave-in conditioner in his hair.
0: I, now come on I'm now. really the fascinated by the folks fact that leave it- it luxurious.
2: It's two different colors. Like this, his temples are, <laughs> you clearly died part of it. And his temples are, are a completely different color. And it's just like, I know that you've got a lot going on, but there is a look here that you are, you are not invested in making me believe that you are the big star that you are right now, right at this exact moment. You could be doing a little bit better.
1: Between <laughs> this man and Keith. And- homework,
2: I give them the credit. <laughs>
1: Between this man and Keith Lee, I don't know what's going on with these old heads and their hair.
0: <laughs> Keith said, I am so done with Just for Men. I am going <laughs> to let it be gray, let it be free. Like, okay, Keith, you do you. You do you. I saw, he went gray.
2: I saw, I saw Lee in a white, like sleeveless leather uh, top with the hair, and he looked like the high priest of the new
0: day.
1: This guy, this guy looked like CeeLo Green about to sing a song in the choir on Sunday.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I see you driving around town with the girl. That's that's what he looked like. He about to burst out in.
0: Not Scott giving vocals.
1: I'm just saying, that's the that's the vibe this man gave me when I saw him with his hands, with his hands, like holding, you know how he hold his hands and stuff. Like, come on, bro. Who, why now, you do that to yourself?
2: Yim, like Keith
1: Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro. Mia Yim is a goon over here, and we got Keith Lee looking like that. Uh, but Mia Yim is the
0: H- HBIC.
2: So junior varsity, so junior
0: varsity.
2: You don't know, I know I else is junior varsity?
0: Keith Lee alone, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're right. You're right. Wrong show.
0: Yeah, but
2: you don't know, know alone, junior varsity. Is NXT is junior varsity.
0: Oh, the shade coming from all angles right now. Whew. My apologies, to Keith Lee. I think Gray is beautiful, despite what Scott says. It looks good on you, okay? King shit. I'm being fair. Who? What? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. What? A- ancient? Did I hear ancient correctly on this show? No, I called it. I called it king shit. Okay, I
2: was you about look to say like a like, king oh, with no. that, that kind of hair.
0: Yes, king shit. High priestess of the new day. I can believe that as well. I appreciate Keith embracing the gray scott's shade with standing because it was kind of funny and i want more vocals now from scott the vocal stylings of scott young just <laughs> dropping random tracks out of nowhere It have a little harmony too by the way
2: you gotta put and, uh, us on sleep with those little bios
1: just trying to keep up with grandpa des
0: <laughs> well jeremy alluded to it earlier it's now time to talk about junior varsity nxt You know, we want to like NXT on this show. And normally I do, we do. But as of late, it's been a struggle, not gonna lie. I watch the show every week and I'm just sitting there waiting for something major to happen outside of Gigi and Jesse, as of late, I haven't gotten a spark from this show and Tuesday was no exception. So we're gonna do the roundaway review of NXT from this past Tuesday. And I wanna highlight a couple things that stood out to me, both good and bad. But let's talk about the hottest angle on the show, which is the ongoing love story between Brooks Jensen and Kiana James. Fallon Henley cock blocked her friend on Valentine's Day nearly two weeks ago. And Kiana James said she had a brother named Zach. And Zach allegedly showed up at the door to confirm this and Fallon Henley felt guilty about cock blocking her friend so Josh Briggs told Fallon you need to make things right because Brooks ain't been answering the phone he's embarrassed he's ashamed and all that stuff so Fallon visits Keanu James so Keanu James one half of the NXT women's tag team champions can't shake this nine-to-five job at her office She's working in real estate, residential, commercial. I don't know. She has more initials than Dr. Bear Baker, DMD, but she's still working. And we have the assistant that I'm not going to lie, it's Brazzers at this point. Hmm. It it, it is what it is. (laughs) Hey, there's a market for that. Brazzers tweets out WWE from time to time. Love the synergy. So Fallon Henley grovels to Keanu James apologizing for jumping to the wrong conclusion. And Fallon Henley is going to get the acceptance of the apology by Keanu James. Now, according to my spidey senses that are tingling when it comes to love, I get the feeling that Fallon Henley carries a torch for the virgin Brooks Jensen. (gasps) She's in love with him. And she's denying her feelings. And she's a little jealous of Kiana's relationship with him. And it will come out one day soon that Kiana's got a man on the side. And when that day comes, Fallon Henley's going to expose the truth. And she will be the first girl to ever kiss Brooks Jensen and pop his cherry. And for that, it would be a great moment and NXT history, and that is the only thing keeping me going on Tuesday nights, because I'm a sucker for a good love story, Scott.
1: Yeah, I'm good on the Brooks and Dunn and the Gretchen Wilson love story we you got <laughs> they, they're trying to create over here. I'm I'm good on that. Um yeah, so I <laughs> I, I I've been uh, I w- I've been watching a little NXT just in the last probably 45 minutes before we got on the air. And, um, you know, I skipped that. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad you recapped that. I appreciate it because I certainly didn't watch it. I, I have no interest in that, man. I haven't had an interest in Jack off Jensen since he decided to just wear the black tape on his favorite hand. So, yeah, I, I NXT is just, like, I let me break a little kayfabe here on the show. I hadn't watched NXT until today, and I was like, yo, do I even need to watch it for what we're talking about? It's like, next week I'm going to watch, though. There's some interesting matches next week. But sometimes they really just don't care what's going on on this show, and they just put whatever they got going out there. Like, that show was headlined by Jinder Mahal versus Braun Breaker, and I'm a Gender fan, but what are we doing?
0: See, that was one of my first warning signs about you—that you was a gender mahal supporter.
1: <laughs> Don't hinder gender. Don't hinder gender.
0: And somehow we we're still tag team partners a year later because I was like, "That is a strike immediately." You advocated <laughs> for this man to win King of the Ring a couple of years ago. Like, I can't work with this person. He's a mis and gender lover. Oh shit! But um, we work through our stuff. <laughs> And we're going to talk about gender momentarily, but that was the main event of Tuesday's show. Jinder Mahal, former WWE champion against Bond Breaker. We'll get to him shortly. But Jeremy, uh, your thoughts on something that Scott didn't give a single shit about, the ongoing (laughs) love story between Kiana James, Fish and Game, and Fallon Henley.
2: Okay, look, number one, I had an immense amount of guilt that I needed to watch this show uh, in order to... Fairly give my opinion to our faithful, the rap audience that is here wanting to know what we thought about this. And, and so I watched this show. I watched this show with the second string from the bench NXT UK leftovers that they have decided mm. to keep around after they moved off the people that they really wanted onto the roster, along with the people from NXT 2.0 that they have trudged along willingly into this next area now i need to make sure that i exclude pretty deadly from this group of nft group but ilya dragunov he loved the guy but he was the guy that beat walter slash gunther for the title and he has just been languishing I don't think they have a whole lot of plans for this guy. Mako Satomura is doing the Mr. Miyagi Cobra Kai training in which they do several videos in which they break everybody in the warm-up before Satomura and Roxanne Perez are able to get underway with their training. It's all these just regional acting level sequences throughout the show trying to get you interested into the next story. It's like, these, this isn't good acting. It's not compelling. And I I, I shudder to think sometimes of what, what takes that they left on the cutting room floor with Alan Henley and Brooke, Ch- Brooke Jensen and Keanu James, because that was, that was Degrassi Jr. high, like, Cut scene is what we saw. Don't
1: don't insult the Grassi. Don't insult the Grassi <laughs> like that.
2: It was the cutscene for Degrassi is what I was trying no to say. And they wouldn't even make it on Degrassi. It was that bad. So and you know, like, I don't Keila, Tyler Bate. What a fucking geek. I'm sorry. Tyler Bate ruled. <laughs> but he came out there and the audience didn't give a shit about him. And he's he's coming up with this like meditative I I'm one of the Beatles after they've done a shit ton of drugs and they're going through their like trippy phase. And then <laughs> and then it gets even better because his conflict is now with the dyad. And my heart sank. My heart sank so bad because this was unwatchable shit. This is just this was just bad. And I, I, I'm sorry for burying NXT the way that I am right now, but like you do not need to watch this show. There is nothing about what you're watching on NXT that is going to say, Oh, I'm really glad I saw that before I am conditioned to this individual on the main roster. There 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 isn't anybody. We don't know if Carmelo Hayes or Braun Breaker is going forward with this. And if either one of them are going to the roster. But those are the only two people right now that are like they're ready. You can send both of them up. You can do whatever with them. The rest of this is like You got some projects in the works and a lot of these projects have not are not nearing completion anytime soon.
0: You drop nothing but facts. I feel sorry for the strays that Tyler Bate just got by you. That was just Tough money No lies told though That was tough Very tough money Indeed But you know It is just a show right now And it's very Blase Hopefully stand and deliver Is going to be a much better Presentation of NXT We got a few weeks to go But we had high hopes After Deadline That was a really good show I think one of their better Take over adjacent specials on Peacock and then since then has been kind of a flatline situation with New Year's Evil well, and Vengeance Day was just all right and then the last set of t- TVs for NXT have definitely been a choice and speaking of Tyler Bate we had the segue into chase you versus the dyad and the schism after Ava Rain joined who's now just Ava I had hopes for the crew And then they just regress back to the same mumbo jumbo bullshit. So I'm over them once again. But here's my larger issue. I love Chase. You Andre Chase balled out in the match as always. But Thea Hale has some kind of PTSD about being kidnapped by Ava a few weeks ago. And I have to use a little cheat sheet from the B&V show saying, um, is there a counselor that works for Chase to talk to Thea Hale about her trauma? Mm -hmm. Because this is just going on way too long now it's extra and Dukatzen was like hey are we a charity university here you know can she see a therapist about what she went through because she's causing us matches now I get it but this whole schism thing is once again a dead end for me on this show it had potential with Ava joining the crew I loved her presence and she can do a lot of non-dribble things very well but we're back at square one of me not giving a shit about Joe Gacy but I know dude can go but the gimmick still sucks
2: more regional theater. It's just all regional theater. This is not This is not prime time performances by anybody. The material isn't prime time. The vibe isn't prime time. The presentation. It's all junior varsity. The only other, like, I mean, even the main event with Braun Breaker and Jinder Mahal, like, it's just. Braun Breaker looked better than Jinder Mahal, and that doesn't say a whole lot for Jinder Mahal. You got Wes Lee doing an interview that just seemed like he's doing whatever like cut that he feels like, and like cut, print it, we're good. McKenzie's with him and just laughing and having a good time, like. It doesn't feel like a serious show right now. It doesn't feel like we are heading into consequential directions. I want to be excited for Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes. I want to be excited for whatever Pretty Deadly's got going on, but it's just we are we are not in a stage right now where NXT is anywhere near the hottest it's ever been. <laughs>
1: Nah, and for and for me NXT is just a place where if they have a good match, that's what I'll look forward to. Like I like next week there's I think it's like Carmelo Hayes and Tyler Bate next week or something like that. So like they they Yeah, like that that those are two matches I'm actually really looking forward to. I think those would be really good matches. And they'll do that from time to time, but it's just they'll do that and then they'll have two weeks of just like you know, nothing. Wow. Yeah, it's just kind of. It's just there's no. They're not forwarding a story. There's no kind of big angles, and the angles they do tell, it's like, you know, nobody's interested in them. You know, they're not. They're not important. Like, where's Grayson? Like, what? Like, I don't know. I think you if both Richard hit it Moore, on that.
2: Sean Michaels gonna have a match. If that, right? You, right, you know what I'm saying? It, I I would be should have a match. I'm not interested in this.
1: I saw somebody. I don't know who it was, and I don't want to. I wasn't. I'm not going to take credit for this idea. But I saw somebody mention that maybe Grayson Waller will have some type of like you know he wants this an opportunity, big opportunity. Sean's like, you want a big match? You want a big match? And he's and it'll be like Dragon Lee, who you know they've signed, and that'll be who he ends up facing at the the NXT pay per view. I think because there's no way Sean's going to come back for Grayson Waller, right? For an NXT show, right?
2: All I want. All I want is some type of sequence where Grayson Waller does his stupid ass, hop into the ring, flip around, try and do a stunner, and Michael super kicks the shit out of him. And that's it. That's it. That's all I want. I don't know if we're going to get that. Maybe we'll tease it. But if we can get a stupid finish getting super kicked, and it's like, this is my show and you are going to do what I tell you while you were here. That's not, that's not how wrestling works. But man, that would make me happy.
1: That's how HBK works. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the old HBS. Some um, the old HBK would have did for sure. So why he might he might he might be like you know what? Why not? The crowd will love it.
2: Yeah, but where do you do it? Do you do it at Roadblock? Do you do it at? <sighs> you do it at Stand and Deliver? Like,
1: that's a good, that's a good question.
2: I don't know because. You got the main event already, so if you you throw Michaels and Waller a confrontation at Stand and Deliver, I mean, you'll get tickets bought, but it's not like it's gonna hugely change the Peacock, PLE, buy rate, V-rate, whatever.
0: Yeah, I want Shawn Michaels to come out (laughs) of retirement for Grayson Waller. Do you... (laughs) hell no i don't okay okay (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) like come on now let's i'm I'm a big Grace fan but i
1: was like hold on a minute
0: grace and wall ain't worth all of that Mm -hmm. let's make one thing perfectly clear sean ain't coming out of retirement for you he came out for the money Saudi Arabia because that dollar was singing to him but not for Grayson Waller absolutely not oh. now what I think is going to happen is that he might call his old buddy Sean Wallman maybe
1: mm, that's he might call idea.
0: him for reinforcements because Sean can still go and crazily enough Sean looks younger than everybody in DX right now he is reversed aged
2: I after I I, I had an interaction with Waltman on uh producing the Fumi Kaido write that down with Justin Nipper that dude ain't that dude ain't getting physical any time,
1: okay well there's that
2: well, yeah, there's he, my he, he, he he Those days are past. he made it clear after raw that raw's like yeah this is, this is a young man's game i'm not that's not me
0: well, we could scratch that theory, but maybe... sorry, <laughs> damn it I wanted to see I wanted to see his dog too Lula but. Oh well. thanks it, a What lot, if you got man. Shelton
2: Benjamin? You know, because ooh, ooh, you got ooh, that ooh. Shelton Benjamin kind of back in the day they had a they had a banger match like, you know what? I know a guy that could stop the show with you. And then it's Shelton Benjamin and Grayson Waller. Hey, I'm
1: gonna I tell you that. Nah, I'm gonna tell you what you're not gonna do. We 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 bring a Shelton down to come catch no L to Grayson.
2: He's not catching an L. You think he's gonna beat him? I'd love for Grayson Waller. To oh, I'd love...
1: Yeah, I would too, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to have Shelton come down and beat Grayson Waller. Not Shelton. This ain't Black... It won't be in Black History Month. He ain't getting that type of love. He already had his 20th year anniversary. No reparations coming Shelton's way.
2: Oh, man. Oh, that man. Actually reminds- <laughs> that actually reminded me... That actually reminded me... I had a finger, but we didn't, we didn't cover it... Uh, Almost versus Brock Lesnar. I call that the hurt business versus hurt the business match. That's that's my that's my big one because, yikes, that could be a that could be a rough match to watch.
0: It is no lies told, but you know I'm not against Shelton. That's a good pick. They have history. They talked about it recently. Their match was awesome. Many years ago on Monday Night Raw, that'd be a nice nod to history. Maybe it could be Dragon Lee. I don't know. It could be options Dragon Lee is a heading good into Send and Deliver. I do believe that. So we'll see what Sean's going to do in a couple of weeks. He will not face Grayson Waller at Send and Deliver. If he does, Grayson Waller must be the second coming of HBK because I don't see it. No offense to Grayson Waller and his 3,000 followers on Twitter. I got to get my GG in there because, you know, he'd be shading that man's account every chance he gets and I just think it's fair for me to also go in on him as well and uh, let's talk about the main event shall we the main event of Scott's second favorite wrestler Jenna Mahal what
2: <laughs> don't hinder gender Scott
0: <laughs> listen, I'm a gender fan
1: I'm a gender fan but he, he, listen, he ain't in my fade five he ain't in my fade five <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that you wake up then like, excuse me, over Randy and the Miz. Oh, no. what now. Shelton we just
1: <laughs> Right? And the twins. That's two spots right there.
2: Marie versus Indy Hartwell's got a lot of work ahead of it.
0: <laughs> no, first of all, Scott, I caught all of that. And um, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you're the twins, wrong. you say.: Right. There's two
2: spots.: Oh, I get who the twins. But you're are. wrong. Never mind.
0: Because the twins were twinning on Monday. They were were on, they?: Were they? They were. That's all that I saw. I didn't even see the Miz. I saw Maurice and everything else. and I love her more than her husband. I'm just saying.
1: Y'all Y'all wonder why the Miz can just get slandered daily. This is what that man going home to. Y'all wonder why this man can take that slander and walk home with a smile. That's why.
0: He's blessed and highly favored. Blessed. Blessed. Very blessed. So Scott tried it, caught it immediately. No lies told, though. They were twinning on Monday. But anyway, back to Jenna Mahal and Braun Breaker. Maurice was more compelling than this match. Not gonna lie. This was just a match to kill time. And Jenna Mahal is just a dude. Former champion. Don't care about him. Never did, never will. And Braun Breaker, he's gotta get the hell out of Florida. Post send and Deliver's gotta get out of there. And I will say that some aspects of him being booed is overblown, but it exists. I think back to last year, the night after, or maybe two nights after and Deliver. They were booing him. That was the post-WrestleMania crowd in Florida. And they were rough. So you can kind of hear that resentment right now. And I still think he needs to get out of there because his work, to me, is regressing a little bit. Not where he was this time last year. And the sooner he's out of there to work with more people that can really allow him to flourish as a star and wrestler, the better off he'll be. He'll be a WrestleMania main eventer in due time, but the reps on the road and, and on the main rosters is going to help him get there faster. This match was all right. Uh, Jenner tried it by doing a delayed Rana that he was mistiming to actually flip over for by Bond Breaker, so I'm going to look at him and side him for that, and then we have Jenim Hall go for the knee strike, the coloss but but Breaker breaks it up and hits the Spear for the win. Very flat finish in my estimation. This match was just kind of sort of there, and we have Carmelo Hayes, Mello checking out Bond Breaker, and we're one step closer to the dream match at send and deliver, and hope hope that it really delivers when it counts most, but Jeremy, your take on this main event that was just Kind of there at the end of the night.
2: You pretty much nailed it with the summary, but I gave up uh, after the super Frankensteiner looked like shit. Uh I don't I don't mean that. I do mean that exactly how I said it. It looked like shit. They couldn't even they couldn't even do the cutaway to make it look decent, but uh breaker hat hat did the Frankensteiner on Mahal, and Mahal did the split second. Didn't quite get all of that and then took the bump anyways. And then they tried to they tried to pass it off. Like, didn't quite get all that. And it was like, just kind of Seinfeld at the at the opera doing the hands. You're like, nah, I'm good with this. He, there was never any real doubt that Brock Breaker was going to win this match, that Mahal was going to be anything other than, you know, a guy to make him look good. And he couldn't even do that. He could not make Breaker look good. So, better days ahead for all involved. Maybe not for Mahal.
0: Hmm. <laughs> 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 that was so poetic at the end. I felt moved. Scott, your take on your third favorite wrestler, Jenna Mahal, losing to Braun Breaker. Fourth... <laughs> <laughs> for the <laughs> NXT Championship,
2: Gliding down the ramp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, at
1: least he's not my second anymore. Um, listen, I, I mean, what, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say that y'all haven't said already? That we ha- that we haven't already said about NXT in this match? Braun, has got to move on. Like you can't you can't keep working with the same talent and expect to get better. He's already been through all the UK talent that's left. That's you know that's that's good for him to be working with. Um. Yeah, it's just time for him to move on. And the only issue I have with this whole thing is, I wish Carmella was moving on too, but he's probably gonna be stuck there for at least another couple of months because he gonna win the title. So that's all I got. Maybe he doesn't. As far as
2: maybe he doesn't,
1: maybe right. he doesn't. That'll be goes, that.
2: goes and does a heel run over and see what he can do as a heel because Carmella doesn't need to do a heel run and like anybody can be a babyface. So whatever. Like maybe, that's not- maybe they can a her down there.
1: Now, see, that's not a bad idea. Him doing a little heel run. Hell, maybe he even takes the title too like Raw as a heel. Like, I'm not coming back here. I'm taking this title with me, you know, something like that. So yeah, that's that's not a bad idea either. So yeah, it's stuff they could do, yeah, but they they gotta do they do have to do something new with Braun. They gotta but as far as uh as far as my man gender goes, listen, dude, you've had a great run, my man. But it's time to it's time to fulfill that managerial role, and let's get that tag team running.
2: Three Man Band two point
1: Oof, not that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's not revive that one, shall we?
1: The other two are doing pretty good, though. We got two, you know Heath Heath's doing fine in Impact, and hell, maybe gender maybe gender might go to Impact. Him and Josh Alexander would tear the house down. Shout out to JD and Mike. Pure sarcasm, by the way.
2: I'm not sure gender <laughs> would tear any house down, other than the people running from the building.
1: What do you mean? What do you mean? You could have a bully raver's gender Mahal headline impact bound for glory next year.
2: I want to shout out Mike Gilbert for apologizing for suggesting that No Surrender was going to be a good show, and especially apologizing for the bully ray busted open. Uh, radio segment on that show. Check that out because that is a disaster reaction on YouTube as we go through that. But
0: no, Mahal would be worse.
1: We support all shows on the network. Check out Brace for Impact.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was a great promotional plug, but I also want to preface this by saying, even though I cannot see Scott's face. I just want to clarify for the record that he cannot keep a straight face saying that Jenna <laughs> Mahal and Josh Alexander would tear the house down on impact at a pay-per-view oh. near you. Even he, who has professed that gender is his fourth favorite WWE champion of all time. (laughs) We're
1: getting (laughs) getting lower. lower.
0: Josh
2: Alexander could probably tear the house down with a stuffed animal in a wrestling match. So by the transitive properties of assuming that Jinder Mahal is better than a stuffed animal in a wrestling match, Scott is not wrong. (laughs)
1: I, I, hey listen man, I appreciate that high level of optimism you just gave right there because you might Critical
2: you might have from the for the people here at fight game media.
1: Where else are you going to get this? We don't we don't shout it out Keith Lee's new CeeLo Green look and now we're talking about Jinder Mahal having five-star classics with Josh Alexander at bound
0: for glory. What more do you want out of us?
2: We are an optimistic group. We are an optimistic group.
0: We've given so much time to a Pointless NXT show, and this review was so much better than the actual show. I don't know if that's a compliment or a damnation. I'm, I'm not sure, but that's where we are right now. And I'm also going to say this to add one more shot to Jenna Mahal. Von Wagner is a better worker than Jenna Mahal. Absolutely. Robert
2: Stone is a better facts. worker than Jenna Mahal. Absolutely.
0: Facts. facts on facts. Gender, I'm sorry for this roast, sir, but mm-mm. <clears throat> Scott's sixth favorite wrestler of all time. I Outside could the with 5.
1: Yeah, he's definitely not in the Faye 5. He could be six, right.
2: man. If of you're what? eight on my face... <laughs> <laughs> My,
1: listen, I top, my top eight on MySpace. You, <laughs> hey, listen, man. You had to be special to make the top eight back in the day, you know? Tom, you, you would you have hinder, Tom. You
2: hindered gender on MySpace. Okay. Oh,
1: I'm you absolutely know. hindering gender on MySpace. He can't be on the – I can't have that man's profile picture on my top
2: eight. You know? You could call it, it to the three-man band, though. Again, you could you could cheat and keep it to ten. By going the three man band, you got gender on there.
1: I'll just use Drew's face and act like it's just Drew McIntyre.
2: Loophole. We spent way too much time talking about NFT.
0: We did, but we made it better in some ways because it wasn't very good on Tuesday. As we briefly dive into Friday Night Smackdown on Fox and a bonus topic on The Wrap, which we'll get to momentarily. But I want to briefly go into the six-man tag team match involving Imperium, Walter, or shall I say Gunther, Slip this week, the IC champion alongside Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci versus the team of Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Mad Cat Moss. And, you know, I'm only going to shout out this match for one reason, and one reason only, because I was looking at the match last night, and I was noticing Ricochet, and I was like, hmm, he's been working on his fitness lately, and I had a nickname pop in my head, and I had to save it for this show. I bring to you not Ricochet anymore, but Ficochet. (laughs) Wow.
1: <laughs> he's been, he been, he been getting them gains with Strowman.
0: Yes, you can tell. Like Shoulders are shouldering as of late. You can. He's added some muscle mass. He's still very good in the ring. He was the babyface in peril for a lot of this match. But he came through, made the tag to Braun Strowman, clean house on Imperium for a little bit, had a chop battle against Gunther, which is always fun. Love their work together. Surprisingly, Good chemistry. The Madcap makes the hot tag and he runs wild on Gunther as well. Gets him shoulder tackles in, but he's hit with the chop clothesline power bomb combo for the one, two, three by the IC champion. Drew McIntyre's watching all of this from afar and he's not in He might be gunning for the IC title against Gunther at WrestleMania. There are rumors of Sheamus and Drew against Gunther for the title. I would love to see it. A triple threat match against three horses that are going to go out there and put on the show. But my larger issue is Mad Cat Moss, who I like. He was the first ever recipient of Cheddar Biscuits on the show last year. But we got some intel on SmackDown from last week via social media saying that Emma and Madcap blamed the people for losing last week. And we never got that actually on TV. It was only spoken about in passing by Michael Cole on commentary. So we need to fill in that blank because none of that's making sense for me. If you're going to turn him heel... Hey, give him a personality, give him an edge, give me something to work with, because I like the guy a lot. But the name is hindering him and he's a very blank slate right now. But we'll see how it goes. But Scott, your take on the six man tag and Matt kept teasing a hill turn off television.
1: You know, for me, I thought the six man was a little off. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I must oh. have hit. I must have hit the mute button. Hey, you know, no, no, it wasn't. You know what it was? And we're going to get to him later, too. That daggone Ray Mysterio done booyah cut me again. I'm sick and tired of that, man. I'm sick and tired of him, okay?
2: He knows the smoke is coming. He,
1: Boy, he picked. He thought he was going to time. He got the wrong time. My apologies, everyone. That's what I was saying. My bad, Ray Mysterio. You awful man. Um, Yeah, this, this whole... I don't remember what I was saying. God dang it, Ray Mysterio. Listen... <laughs> Madcap, okay, this whole heel turn, that could work. What I was saying was this this match felt a little off to me. Um, you know, Madcap and Giovanni had a real awkward sequence where he was trying to run the ropes and run past Giovanni, but Giovanni had to wait in place for him to run under him. And the match just didn't work for me. I but I'm gonna tell you who I really enjoy a lot, man, and I think has just been great. And I'm gonna sing his praises every week until he's until he says something else stupid online. Braun Strowman has been absolutely excellent in his role and has been great all this entire time since he's come back. I just shout out to Braun, man. I've loved everything he's done so far.
0: I have to co-sign outside of his one dumbass tweet last fall, which was so dumb, but it gave him a to him with a ricochet, ironically enough, as punishment, in the good in, in the best possible way. But I will co-sign on this. Braun Breaker is one of a select few stars who got rehired by WWE, and he has earned every bit of of that paycheck upon his return. He has earned every bit of that push and he has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is one of the better big men in the game today. He worked on his fitness. He got better. He stopped phoning it in towards the end. And he is really a highlight on this show. I'm not going to sit here and lie as long as he doesn't tweet anything dumb. He's been on point and I will give him his flowers for that. But Jeremy, your take on the six man tag that kicked off SmackDown and Matt Capps' possible heel turn, and Braun Strowman—gotta say—has been balling out as of late as well.
2: Honestly, I thought this was one of the best matches of the uh, of the week with WWE, uh, and I, I frankly, I credit Imperium with that. Uh, they were just on another level. They've been on another level this whole. This whole time, and I'm just it blows me away to think about it. Uh, honestly, every time I see Ricochet, you call him Thicochet, but it reminds me of Bronx Stroman and that young fan Nicholas winning the tag team title. <laughs> 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 like, this is, this is like Nicholas is all grown up and he grew up into Ricochet. Look at them, they're back together again. That's great. Uh as for Madcap Moss, if you you come out to that entrance and he is incredibly obnoxious. He's he's almost McQueening that entrance over Ricochet and Braun like passing from one side, walking in front of them, walking around, cupping their bunks, You know, just obnoxious shit that's like you're 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 not part of this crew, dude. Like you are you're here part of the man. But uh, you're, you're not the star of the show, but acting like he's the star of the show. So there were subtle heel things that he was just playing up being super obnoxious and annoying and losing the match and then disappearing so that Ricochet, Braun, Drew, and Sheamus can get some focus. And, and, and he does not – probably not the best outlook for him, but you know he he's a work in progress. He's not their priority, but he definitely has the skills to be a priority at some point.
0: I do agree with you on that, and his day will come very, very soon. He's got to put the pieces together to be a standout star. He's got the talent in the ring. He's got to get some charisma on top of that and drop that dumbass name. Matt Cap is not going to be a marquee on a WrestleMania card. He's going to say, ooh, came to see Matt Cap defend the championship. I want Riddick Moss back. Give him his first name back, and we're good to go. But all in all, that was a fine way to kick off the show with more Viking Raiders interference by attacking Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. But thankfully, Ricochet and Braun Strowman came through, but I'm kind of over the Viking Raiders and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus had a match last week in Montreal, which was great. I thought the feud was over, but I guess that's not the case unless we bust out the Viking ship for their Viking experience match somewhere down the road on SmackDown before WrestleMania, as we segue to a bonus topic on the wrap That was brought to us by the Fight Game Media Discord, which is live and active. You have to check out twitter.com backslash fight game media, and you can find the link at the very bottom of the pinned tweet, and you can join the Discord. More information there, so you can join in the conversations ranging from WWE, AEW Impact, New Japan, everything in between for pop culture. It is the place to be for you, and I want to dive into this bonus topic of Bray Wyatt presenting the Firefly Funhouse again. And he made me a liar weeks ago by bringing back this concept because I thought the puppets were dead. I really did. He fooled me. He hoodwinked me. He deceived me. And I just can't do it. And I want to thank Gigi for broaching this question because I'm over it at this point. I didn't understand the point of it. I don't know who I'm supposed to be looking for. (laughs) I don't know who I'm supposed to believe at this point. I'm lost. I'm confused. I don't care about Bray. I don't care about Uncle Howdy. I only care about Rambling Rabbit and when he'll die the next time. That's all that I care about at this point. Otherwise, I'm kind of over this now. But Jeremy, I'm going to give you the shovel and the dirt so you can bury all of this because you've been waiting for this moment all night long.
2: Fucking Bray Wyatt, man. I swear. It's the same thing every week, and it's been the same thing every week for every week minus the year and a half to two years that Vince McMahon decided that this was not a guy that he wanted to have employed. Notwithstanding the reasons why, we're not getting into that, but that was a brief vacation mentally away from this, morass of crap that we are fed every week and told it is horror slash art slash a presentation, a new way to show wrestling. This dude has wrestled twice since he has returned. And oh my God, that LA night with uncle Howdy doing an a elbow off the top of the stage and completely missing LA night. This is what our payoffs are. We're going to have Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley where I have a secret. I have a secret. I don't give a shit about the secret. I don't give a shit about Bray Wyatt. I know that there are people out there that love Bray Wyatt. He's a huge merch mover. I don't get it, but hey, I don't get the Saw movies either. Somebody likes them. Not for me. This is not what I'm here for pro wrestling for. Bray Wyatt's presentation, The Firefly Funhouse, does nothing for me. I do not care. I do not understand why people care. And it does more to turn me off of WWE than anything else that they do on their WWE television programming. Full stop. Do not care about Bray Wyatt. Will move on from my life every time he is on there. And I am past the point about being polite about it. I just don't give a shit about Bray Wyatt anymore.
0: I appreciate your bluntness. You keep it real when it comes to Bray Wyatt. You did so day one, and I got to respect it. So, Scott, your take on Bray Wyatt's return to the Firefly Funhouse once again, because apparently he has a secret. Do you care to find out what it is? Nah, I'm
1: good on the secret. Um, You know, I'm pretty sure I can find that book somewhere in the bookstore. Get the cliff notes on it. Um, But I will say this about the Bray Wyatt thing. One of my favorite horror movies of all time is uh, house of a thousand corpse and Bray Wyatt, when he does this fire five fun house reminds me of the clown from house of a thousand corpse. They got the same personality. They do that, that same creepy high pitched talking. And you know, there's something really off about him. So, you know, the horror fan in me is like, Oh, this is great. Like, this is awesome. This is so weird. This is just feels like this feels like a Rob Zombie horror movie. But then I remember I'm watching a a pro wrestling show, <laughs> and you know, this has nothing to do with anything. Like, now all of a sudden, Uncle Howdy's all in the you know, he's showing up in the Firefly Funhouse talking with the old Kane voice. He's got the old Kane uh voice box going for him now. This is what we got Bo Dallas doing in the back. Like, come on, Uncle, Uncle Bo. What we doing, Uncle Bo? Like, I don't know, man. I, I I have no idea what's going on. Like, what what's what we doing with the hurt business? We're gonna have Omos facing Brock, and then the the rest of the Hurt business is gonna take on three of the, the Wyatt Six, Bray, Uncle Bo, and they're probably who who else? Alexa Bliss is probably gonna be the third one? Queen Bliss? I don't know. What, 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 Queen of the damn bliss? What is this, man? I I don't know. I I'm a big Bray fan, and I'm over it. Bray people who aren't Bray fans are over it. I just I don't know what we're doing, man. I don't know what we're doing. I am I am wondering though, what type of match are we gonna get with the cinnamon toast crunch? Because you know that you know that you know they, you know they isn't. I think that's who's uh who could potentially be having it. Wasn't that the rumor match with cinnamon toast crunch or something like that for Bray? Because that's gonna be the next food he has to endure, right?
2: Maybe it's just going to have to force feed people Snickers bars. You know Bobby Lashley's not going to want to eat a Snickers bar. (laughs) I just have brain fatigue. I really do. It's just I am fatigued by having to have conversations about what what kind of weird ass match he has then having the conversation about how awful the match was and then making the jokes about what the next match is going to be. And the cycle perpetuates every time we don't have conversations about his good matches. We don't have conversations about his good segments. We have conversations where we scratch our heads and wonder what happens next as if like the carrot on the stick is going to reward us with something even greater than what we've not been rewarded up to this point.
1: And, you know, when you when you think about the difference between the presentation of what they're doing with Wyatt now and the presentation of when he first debuted, you know, even because he was still he was ultra creepy then, but he was wrestling more often when he wrestled. He was do he was wrestling in the ring. He was laying guys out and it was just quick work. He was getting himself over in the ring. So then when he cuts these weird promos, you're like, yo, this dude's crazy. But then when he gets in the ring, he holds it down, too. You're not getting that now, so I completely get that fatigue aspect because it's like we're doing all these, you know, circling promos, but they're not leading anywhere. You know, even the whole L.A. Knight thing that that didn't make any sense and led nowhere. L.A. Knight's not in a better spot. Bray Wyatt's not in a better spot. They just made a million dollars off of five minutes. Like that's that's essentially all that did. So I completely get that. And I, I if there was just a reason for the stuff. If there was just reasons for it instead of just doing it just to do it, I think there would be a little more leeway or just, just let that man go in and eat in the ring. Like why can't he just go in and squash a couple of people in the ring and just be out there?
2: I'm not even sure, but they say he's the best merch seller and I, he's one of the best merch sellers and I get it. Like the dude spends all of his time coming up with these great concepts of masks and little outfits and Like visual, visual just enjoyment for people to dissect. And then you turn around and you monetize it on the WWE shop or whatever. And people are like, yeah, he brings a lot of money in for the company. I'm sure he does, but he doesn't. He's not the people, people, you're not the reason people are paying money to go see wrestling at the show. So figure out what you want this to be and then stick to it. But don't waste my time telling me it's one thing when it is not that thing at all.
0: enough said about Bray Wyatt because I'm so over him as well. And I had high hopes for his return to WWE last fall, but he spoke in circles for too long. And he brought back the one thing I thought was dead, which was the Firefly Funhouse. And the moment that happened, I said, I apologize to everyone for hyping you up, giving you false hope because look what happened. Look where we are right now. I guess we'll see what's next heading into WrestleMania. Poor Bobby Lashley, but he'll make it work somehow, some way, as we have to get into Scott's favorite father of the year, Rey Mysterio versus Karrion Cross, And this was a match that was largely dominated by Rey Mysterio. He did a sweet Rana off the top rope to Karrion Cross, landed some sweet offense on him as well. And, you know, Karrion Cross has his moments here and there, but to me still... Him as a worker and him in terms of being a star is very lacking for me. He's still got work to do. But this is all about Dominic Mysterio because Rey had the match won until Scarlett is going to land ass over tea kettle in the ring because reasons. And the distraction leads to Dominic catching his dad mid-619. And he tries to go to Zan to a fight Ray says no, and Carrion Cross hits him with a forearm to the back of the neck and locks in a cross jacket for the submission victory. And after the match is over, Dominic Mysterio is going to bully his father, daring him to hit him. He shoves him, he pie faces him, he berates his father. And Ray is actually going face to face with his son in one point. But Despite all of this, despite the goading from his son to hit him, to fight back, to defend himself, to put his son in his place, Rey Mysterio is going to simply walk away again to get punked by his son, Dominic. And I'm sure Scott sat at home, watched all of this and laughed at the worst father of the year, getting bitched out by his son, who did five hours in county jail,
1: Couple things. Um, before we even get to that part, I mean, let's let's start where the disrespect starts at the very beginning of this whole thing. Um, you know, my man Santos Escobar coming in, you know, giving Ray love. You know, they they showing respect to each other. They about to dap up, and Dominic comes in, and you know, he's just straight disrespecting that man. And Ray Mysterio, after he's Santos is there saying, "Yo, you my idol," and all this. Ray just stood there. took all this disrespect from Dom. Dom walked away. And then Santos just shook his head like, God dang, dude, you a terrible father, a punk. And I'm looking up to you. Just, that dude just shaking his head. Like, that's all I could think as I'm watching him shaking. Like, yeah, you right. Like, look, look at this, man. This is absolutely ridiculous. Look at this, man. So then we get to the match. Ray doing his thing here comes Dom. Dom come back out. Ray like, yo, what's up, man? I'm trying to win this match. And Dom like, nah, bro. I'm trying to end your match. This, the match is over. It's me and you now. He going and the Scarlet thing. What? What? Where, what? What is she doing all of a sudden? Just flipping in the ring and whatnot. Like, what is that about? Um, Karrion gets a wing. Nobody cares. So then we get to you know, he's pie-facing him and stuff. And it's like, bruh, you getting disrespected by your son in front of t- 10 to 20,000 people weekly in a live audience and millions around the world. Like, my man, like, this dude went to county jail and clipped your balls and took him with him and left him there in jail and never gave him back to you. What's up, bro? I, I, why are they doing this to Rey Mysterio? Why are they projecting this man as a clueless father? Where, Where is where's mom? Where is mom's at? I need a, I need a real parent in the building. Where is Mom's at? There's no way he coming home and she letting that man sleep in the same bed as him. And like, yo, Dom got me again today. Did you see the show? <laughs> he got me again. Like, what? What? Is, what are we doing? Where is Titus O'Neil? Titus O'Neil
0: is unavailable. <laughs> He was like, this is too much for me. And she's like, listen, I am busy shopping at Louis Vuitton and that's all that matters to me. But if if Dom steps up to me, I am slapping him in his face because we know that Angie was the disciplinarian in that family because Ray is simply not it. And at this point, you got to beat your son's ass. You can't let this guy keep punking you out in your house on your show and disrespect you, step on your furniture and say, fuck you, dad. And you just sit there and take it. (laughs)
1: Like I need I need this man to have jeans and a leather belt on and to take that belt off and go old school and bend him over the knee and start whooping that man that man's tail. That's what I need to see to get any type of redemption.
0: We're gonna there get it. To but dare been, I say Michael Cole would do it first.
2: There there had to have been one sequel and they never did this, where Dominic is out there talking a bunch of mad shit and Rhea for whatever reason isn't in there judgment day for whatever reason isn't in there. And all of a sudden the music hits and Ray Mysterio is going to come out. It's like, you know what kid? Like I, I, I've let this go for too long. It's time for you to beat just Dom having the wide eyes like, oh, fuck, my dad's coming to beat the shit out of me. They never had that dynamic, and I don't know if Rey Mysterio was insistent on not doing that dynamic, but it has been a huge miss this entire time that as, like, the head of the family, like, you have one head of the family over here with Roman really setting the example, whereas you got the Rey Mysterio head of the family's like, man, you ain't the head of anything. You ain't you can't even eat your dinner in peace with your wife without your son showing you utter disrespect. So at some point, you need to set him straight, and you didn't. And that was a huge miss for me. Well, as for carrying cross, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck. When the, can you guys name a good carrying cross match ever?
0: Finn Balor. The five
1: it. way. The five way was good.
0: And the five way. That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> and Tommy smashed generous. Champa at, at in your house.
2: Yeah, he, uh, he he to me he he's never put it together in the middle of the ring. And if he's ever had a good match, it is purely due to the credit of the people across from him. Now his presentation before the ring, everything that he does with the video and uh, with Scarlet, everything that he has before and after the ring is great. Between the bell to bell, he does not have it at all. And it is unfortunate, but that is the reality.
0: Well, I don't disagree with you there whatsoever. Facts. Sorry, Carrion, but he's just not working for me either right now. And hopefully things get better for him someday. But I'm not very optimistic about that because he's very bland as a performer. He has a good look, love his hair, love Scarlet. Just a presentation for me in the ring is lacking at this point. As we now segue to the main event, the money angle, the hottest storyline in wrestling, the bloodline, we got Jimmy Uso coming out to talk to his brother Jay because he got some issues in the bloodline before Roman returns next Friday in Washington, D.C. because if Jimmy can't handle it, Roman will. And he wants to talk things out with Jay because they're family, they're blood, they're brothers, they're twins, they're champions. And then Sami Zayn seeks his way over the barricade and he is going to talk to Jimmy and he's going to tell him that It's disappointing that you turned on me at the Royal Rumble because we were brothers in some ways. You had my back before Jay did. You were my dog, right? We were dogs in the bloodline. When Paul Heyman doubted me and I was locked out the locker room, you let me in. We were really close. And for you to pull the trigger with zero hesitation that hurt me. That wounded me. And Jimmy said, like, You gave me no choice. You pulled the trigger first, hitting Roman in the back of that chair. What was I supposed to do? That's family. You're not. I thought you were family, but look what you did. And Sammy is trying to illuminate Jimmy by saying that when you came back a couple of years ago almost from your ACL injury, that you came back and you knew that Roman was full of shit, but you got gaslit by him. You say you was nobody's bitch, but you ended up being Roman's bitch in a lot of ways. And look at Jay the first victim of Roman Reigns, the guy that was gaslit, manipulated time and time and time again to do Roman's bidding. When is enough is enough? When will you see what Roman's doing? It's not about destroying the bloodline because Roman is the bloodline and you guys can be free from this. Like I was when I, decide, when I decided to walk away at the Warrior Rumble. And as we're having this conversation, we have Jay Uso appear through the crowd and he's kind of ticking in the conversation. And when Sammy notices Jay. That's when Jimmy attacks and Jay is going to saunter his way down the aisle and he's going to make his way through the crowd. And when Jimmy's encouraging Jay to join in the fight, Jay doesn't join in immediately. He's just standing in the cut, watching the scene. And that distraction leads to a halluva kick by Sammy to Jimmy. And once again, Jay's unmoved. He doesn't react one uh, one way or another. And Solo comes out to chase Sammy away. And Sammy thinks for a moment, do I go towards Jay, my guy? Or do I walk up or do I go in the opposite direction, which he did? And we have Sammy on one side, Jay on the other and Jimmy and Solo taking in what the hell is going on here. And this will lead to a big moment on SmackDown next Friday on Fox from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Roman Reigns in the house because Jimmy could not do the job this past week to get Jay back in line. What will Roman say? What will Roman do? And what will Jay ultimately decide is we're inching closer towards a decision by Jay. Is he with the bloodline? Is he with Sammy? Is he for himself? We don't know, Scott, but it is still the best storyline of professional wrestling getting into the heart of WrestleMania season.
1: Yeah, at this point, they're just making a TV show. So um, they just need to clip all this together. I think they got at least six episodes they could put on the WWE Network, you know, 20 minutes apiece they absolutely have a nice little short series the way they do in these segments. Um, I mean, they, this, this is, this is just excellent right here. You know, Jeremy, you talked about uh, junior varsity and, and how NXT is, 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 you know, amateur theater. This is, this is real theater right here. You know, this is, this is top notch stuff right here. And, you know, not only are they able to do it with the mic and with the storytelling, but when they get in the ring, they're knocking it out of the park as well. So, you know, we, this whole this whole episode, we've been talking about how you know certain things aren't working. You know, Bray's got good story, but he's not cutting it in the ring. And this has got everything that you could want. And we know that the final products, you know, those final matches that we're going to get, those are going to be bangers. Potentials to be classics. Um, so I, I think the segment was great. I mentioned earlier, Jay Uso is the key to everything, as he should be. This whole thing started with Jay Uso. So he should be the key to this. So if Sammy is going to be the one to, you know, start breaking down the bloodline, it absolutely should have to involve Jay Uso. Jay Uso is just as integral to Roman's story. You know, he's, he's not as integral as Roman, but he's the second most important part of this entire Roman Reigns bloodline storyline from the beginning.
0: He's got to be the catalyst for the downfall. I'm going to feel very bad about what's going to happen next week because I think he is going to pick his family for now. I do love the dynamic between himself and Sami Zayn. It's a lovely bromance. I'm here for it. They'll revive it someday as Kevin also is asking the question, who you rolling with, me or Jay? So it's a lot of drama and tension there, which I love. And I want Jeremy's take on this angle. As we know, something bad is going to happen, most likely to Sami again next Friday.
2: So you know that there's the critical analysis of Jay and Sammy having the the finale in some way, shape, or form. But you cannot look past Jimmy's role in this, and the WWE has not. They wanted to make sure that they underlined and underscored the personal relationships between all the people involved in the bloodline uh, with Sammy to make sure that You knew that this just wasn't a Sammy and Roman thing or a Sammy and Jay thing. Every single member of the bloodline had skin in the game with this uh, angle and the interaction, the breakup, and how they feel about it going forward. I do think that we were given a very, very, very strong hint about how the WrestleMania match is going to end and uh, I, I think it's going to be a Huluva kick by Sammy onto Jay to win the titles when Sammy gave Jimmy the Huluva kick and it hit and Jimmy went down and it just looked like, wow, that was a, he just got murdered by Sammy and Jay watched. And also shout out to the dude in the, uh in the shield shirt who really just stole the focus for a few minutes during that entire segment, just standing there. I'm like, Man, you you are owning this moment as the uh as the Roman proxy with that shirt on there, buddy, but tucked in straight down his pants. Man, that guy had a presence. But he wasn't able to steal the focus too much from Sammy and the Usos as they continued on uh with the segment and leading up to what they're building to next week. I'm not necessarily sure there's doom for Sammy next week that could be around the halfway point between elimination chamber and wrestlemania and about the time that kevin owens could uh perhaps come around on young sammy zayn's quest to dispatch the bullet
0: to be determined as the best damn storyline of professional wrestling continues loved all of it on friday night smackdown a great way to close the show The actual episode was so-so as the road to WrestleMania continues with about five weeks to go. And with that, it's now time to pick, does it exist this week, a best damn television match from WWE? The pickings are very thin from Raw, SmackDown, hell no to NXT. Unfortunately, maybe NXT level up main event, something that stood out to Jeremy this week that will be deemed the best of from WWE. When Imperium shows
2: up to work, Imperium shows up to win these awards. I choose
0: Strowman, Ricochet, and Mad Cat Boss versus Imperium for Friday Nights. Back down. A fine choice. So I'm going to go with Scott. Do you have a match to sit out to you this week in a good way?
1: Yeah, Me versus Rey Mysterio. Um I <laughs> I uh I'm going to go with Kofi Kingston versus LA Knight. I thought they had a good match. I wasn't a fan of the outcome. You know, I'm not I don't get the whole point of two babyfaces cheating to beat the heel, but whatever. I thought they had a really good match.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was watching that match that match came on my wife was down there she's like yo what does he what does he want to talk about he said let me talk you. what does he want to talk about why does he keep telling me yeah I was like, yes, just, just let that man just hey, let, hey, let that man eat.
2: let me talk to you or let me talk at you
1: he says let me talk to you right that's what he says right
2: I think so. Sometimes he's gonna let me talk at you, but I think he I think he changed it to two, yeah. I'm not sure. He's a
1: he's a great promo though, man. I I I think he's being wasted. Maybe these they're just holding him in, in place for right now, but God, I hope he wins money in the bank.
0: That's optimistic. Very optimistic. I got Montez Ford still winning Mr. Money in the Bank. I
2: got Gunther in the UK. Oh man.
0: Mm. Oh, now you're trying to make me change my pick. But we'll see. We got a few months to go. And with that, my pick for the best match of the week, whew, it's not an easy decision to make. There was not a lot to sit out to me this week. But I will give the knot to a three-minute match involving Chad Gable and Bronson Reed. That was a lot of fun. And Bronson Reed is getting that push right now. Love that for him. Chad Gable is highly underrated. And hopefully his day will come very soon. But I did like that match for Monday Night Raw. And it really speaks to the so-so week in wrestling for WWE in particular. But that road to WrestleMania continues and the match quality should tick up as we inch close, which is the biggest show of the year. And now it's time to put a wrap on this week's episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank my co-captain Scott and Jeremy for joining me this week to chop it up all things WWE.
1: Keel, it's always a... It's always a pleasure to chop it up Talk all things WWE Jeremy it's always a pleasure to have you on You always try to stir the pot like James Harden After a three pointer but uh, You know we're still here We're still going strong
2: I legitimately Enjoy so much Coming in and just bullshitting with you guys About WWE It's a lot of fun And uh, I I consider myself very lucky to have the opportunity To to do so once or twice uh, Every couple months
0: Great to have you here always. And, you know, you're always invited back as we get closer to WrestleMania. There's a prediction show that might be coming around the bend very soon. We'll see how the schedule shakes out. But we'll be back next week covering hopefully a better week that was for WWE between Raw, SmackDown, and hopefully NXT as well. So for myself and for Scott and for Jeremy, that's a wrap on all things WWE. Take care. Uh, Bye-bye.